Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the Shadow of the GM podcast, with me, your host, GM Shadow. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Shadow of the GM podcast. Um, probably a fairly quick one this week because I don't have a huge amount of time to record podcasts. Um, also, not been doing a huge amount, I guess, by comparison. Although more gaming, I think they've probably done in a while, but still a bit far behind with everything. Um, main things to say that, you know, with COVID hitting everyone, there was quite a few games we had planned that had been cancelled because of people were probably hoping with being off work and working from home, that they'll be able to play a bit more. But in actual fact, the opposite's been true. I think we all find all these jobs around the house, lots of things that they're doing, a bit of chaos around the shopping that's actually stopped people from gaming. I know Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast has been really, really busy with work. In the situation, now I've been busy with work because I work for the health service. It is quite um, intense at the moment. Lots of like, you know, conference calls, lots of planning, lots of working around how we're going to manage this crisis when it hits fully in the UK. It's kind of picking up a bit of pace now, but we still, services are kind of still coping over here, but they're kind of expecting that to change in the next few weeks and having to use the extended sort of Nightingale hospitals. They've got set up as sort of field hospitals we're developing. So anyway, not to ramble on too much about COVID and get back to the main thing we're talking about, which was the gaming that I have managed to do. I've been lucky enough to get engaged in. Um, no call-ins this time because no one's called in because I think... I've been struggling to listen to people's episodes and I think people have been struggling to listen to mine. So let's just move into the main topic, which is talk about fighting fantasy, Frostgrave and Mothership. So to kick off with the first thing, um, talk about fighting fantasy. Um, I used to play fighting fantasy a lot back in the 90s. My brother had the books. I think I probably mentioned this before, and he kind of introduced me through those. So we had Death Trap Dungeon. We had the Riddling Reaver, Island of the Wizard King. Um, I had Freeway Fighter as well. So the main ones that were mine that I played the most, I guess, were Freeway Fighter and Island of the Wizard King. So I've got a special place in my heart for those. Um, I was chatting away on one of the message boards on Discord the other day about um, the Steam versions that have come out. And I thought I'd actually you know, take a punt and just invest in them because everything's on sale at the moment. They were quite cheap. So I bought the basic system which comes with one adventure I forget which one um and then I downloaded um paid for another adventure on there um which was the one about the Snow Queen I forget the full title you probably remember that before I came on here just to say that it's an interesting interface um when I was playing it when I was a kid I was quite bad at cheating I did think everybody did which was kind of holding back old pages in case you read it into death and kind of going back and I don't think I ever played it really very fairly I think especially when you play Death Shop Dungeon and at that age I was trying to you know find out how the book ended rather than actually play it properly um with this version if you play it on Steam there is the option to actually do that there's lots of options there for you being able to cheat on it um as well as it being a way to play it kind of properly so like there's an adventurer mode where you can basically play it and it only lets you pick choices based on what you roll so it's quite cool so for example if you go into combat it lets you roll a dice and it does the damage automatically if you win the fight it obviously only lets you click on the option if you won the fight turn to this one but there are like full cheat versions which calls like an open version where you can go back you can bookmark lots of pages and go back and jump around and things so it's quite good so i've decided to go with the adventurer version which is where you have to play it sort of properly i guess for lack of a better word and have to only go with the selections that are option open to you. So I'm finding it a lot of fun. Um, I've not finished the main one I'm playing now, but it brings back a bit more of a sense of like, you know, Doom, what's 
quite fun about it as well is that whenever I look at the character, he's got quite epic stats. His luck, combat, and skill stats are really, really good, which is making it quite easy in a way so far. I don't expect that to always be the case. There's still an ability to lose in any of the things, but it's making it at least not too tragically um, life-threatening. So we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, it's something to entertain myself a bit when there isn't people to play against kind of solo gaming. So speaking of solo gaming, I'll move on to my next one, which is Frostgrave. So Frostgrave has come out as a page one, I think it is, and they've also published out some um, solo adventures, Dark Alchemy being the main one that's come out. So I've just been working my way through that. What I've decided to do is, because of having all the children at home and all the rest of it, it's very difficult to kind of get time to play. So what I've actually done is created a character sheet in Roll20 to put all the different creature stats, all the different character stats, etc., on for Frostgrave on there. Um, it actually has like auto-roll system as well, where you can just type in what your weapon bonus is and what your any modifiers to, and it kind of auto-generates the roll then. Um, having done it, I did a bit of test run the other day with the first scenario from Dark Alchemy, and it works. It does what it needs to. It doesn't automatically tell you things like damage and stuff. I've not got that good a skill at doing macros and things. It just literally rolls a dice for each thing and tells you what they are um but what i have found is that we're on the table i guess you just roll 2d20 and add it up yourself when you have to do through different clicking on the different things and um, it is a bit clunky with roll 20 i think i need to look at whether i can do token macros linked to the stats on the character sheet which you probably can do i've just not looked into it yet that probably make it faster than clicking a token and quick roll attack and type in what i need to type in like roll shoot roll melee etc and um, that should probably work a bit easier I've not played Frostgrave before. Um, I've also looked quickly at Rangers of Shadow Deep as well, which I didn't realise they're written by the same guy, so the mechanics are quite similar, which would be quite good if I try having a look at that later on with my little isolation time. Um, what I, I kind of do like Frostgrave, it seems quite fast. It seems like a fairly like simple system, intuitive in a way. You know, there's not too much complexity behind how you work at damage and stuff. It's fairly kind of simple. Um, what I have found is that when you start off a low-level wizard, it's quite frustrating trying to cast spells because your wizard is useless at casting spells at first level. It's my feeling there used to be about dodgy dice rolls um but it was interesting quite a swingy system i would say with it being d20 based so for example if your you know nice great infantryman you spent lots of money on is attacking a giant rat with its wimpy stats you can still roll a one and it can still roll a 20 and mellow your man quite easily um so they have that experience through, which you know adds a bit of fun to it to be fair you kind of have a bit of an expectation and poor little soldier man gets murdered by the giant rat so that's been kind of my, my fun with the solo playing at the moment just to kind of keep myself from going insane whilst i can't game with anyone but that being said i managed to this week get a little bit of time together to um do a mini game of mothership um with a player from korea one who's in australia and one who's in america and um, so it suits me because it works kind of middle of the day time for me whilst they're sort of playing in the evening time so it's quite good fun so i shall talk about that in a second so Mothership, for those of you who've never seen it, it is um, a sci-fi horror role-playing game made by Tuesday Night Games, night being spelt with a K rather than an M. Um, it's kind of released at the moment, as um, I think it's page you want on drive through RPG uh, to get the player survival guide. It doesn't have a sort of GM's guide at the moment. It's still sort of an active development sort of beta mode at the moment. Um, it's written by and illustrated by a gentleman called Sean McCoy. has quite a good Discord group as well if you've got questions around the rules and people talking about it. There are also some pre-published adventures out there. Essentially what it is, is it's quite a quick percentile-based system um, where you roll up a character, you've got four main stats, strength, speed, intellect, and combat. You then pick out four character classes, which are Teamster, Scientist, Android, and Marine. Now, with those kind of character classes, what should probably make it quite evident, and it is quite evident if you read the rules, is this game is based very heavily around games like Alien and things like that. So it's kind of like really heavily towards the idea of having Marines and you sort of Teamsters, which are your crew, and then Scientists, and then Androids, and the sort of sense that you have a lot of the Androids in the Alien and Aliens movies. 
you then very quickly can make up a character. It's quite a quick character creation system because the game can be really, really deadly. The idea is that you don't actually take very much damage to be killed by any of the creatures or you can go mad. So in the game, you have sanity fear checks, you have body checks and armor checks, which you all kind of roll as a percentage-based system again to try and defend against attacks and fear effects and try and remove them. Um, if you fail those, then you take either damage or the effects of like the fear and sanity effects. The skill-based system, again, is kind of fairly simple. You start off with a certain number of skill points. Depending on the character class you pick, you get skills you pick automatically, then sort of a selection of ones you can pick, either or, or with a lot of them. And then you've got some points to spend. If you take basic skills, the character's trained, which gives you a 10% bonus. If you have those, as kind of arrows on the character sheet linked to higher level ones, which are expert, which gives you plus 15. And then again, from those as master ones. You tend not to be able to forward master ones at first level, but you know, if you've got some of the sort of other classes where you can, there's a way to sometimes get to them. Um, they're also quite a good thing where they have set loadouts so that again, when you start the character, you can pick a loadout and it gives you automatic set of equipment, etc. So I won't go too much about the game, but again, like I said, it's a percentile system. The idea is that you can roll up a character in about five minutes and um, because then you can always have backup characters and if they die, you can roll some up again fairly quickly. So the game is meant to be deadly. It's meant to be able to sort of going to lose somebody and then you can just sort of bring someone in on the sideline straight away. The game talks a lot about having maybe cryopods in the ship, so have a little bit of a MacGuffin there that you can say, oh, this character died, but one of the cryopods is now opened and this other character is now available, etc. So we had a game on Tuesday playing this, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it was very sort of role-play heavy, the session we had, because because the game is deadly. It does still instill quite a bit of fear in you to kind of get involved, so it felt like everyone was kind of fairly realistically playing our characters, that when we were down in this cave complex, uh, we heard sort of strange screaming noises. We are like, ooh, let's run in and the, you know, wave our guns and shoot it. We're all kind of like, yeah, let's get the power on and get out of here, which is exactly what we did. Um, so I think it kind of got the fear level right because of the sort of deadliness of the game. Um, like I said, you do take quite a lot of damage quite easily in the system and you can die fairly easily in the game as well as catching diseases and poisons and going mad. Um, we were kind of groping our way a bit through it. Neither me or the GM who was running it had actually played the game before. So there was a couple of times where we had to double check rules and things, but it was quite handy that I had read the rules and was sort of planning and maybe running a game whereas he was playing it. He could ask me a question sometimes and I knew the answer from the rules. But I said there weren't many, but it was just double checking things, mostly around about how the fear and panic things work. So with it being an open beta, I think there's a few questions I want to direct back at the author, but I can say it's quite a promising system, certainly for one shots and things like that. I think it was definitely one of those that are quite good for maybe short campaign kind of one shots and um, for me it doesn't have the depth i like from rule system for longer campaigns i don't feel as much really in the character development because there's only a very limited number of skills and like kind of three levels to where they can go to you know i don't really see you know that you could play it for a long time and kind of feel like you're developing the character and i think even higher level characters like a better will die quite easily so again you know it's that kind of thing i think you'd want to do it to kind of get through our storyline of some description and then probably like use a different set of characters for a different one etc i think it does exactly what it says in the 10 i think it's really good as a horror sort of you know sci-fi one so like i said very good for those kind of one shots or episodic ones and um, but on the whole it was quite fun i do have a affinity i think i've said before for percentile systems so i really enjoyed that aspect of it i find them quite intuitive and um, it has quite an interesting mechanic as well in that when you roll your skill checks and your attacks and things that you get a critical either failure or success by rolling a double so for example if you have a combat skill of say 50 then if you roll an 11, a 22, a 33, or a 44, that's a critical success. Uh, also, 
the way this system works, um, zero, zero actually counts as zero, so it actually goes up to 99. So technically, you could argue it's not a percentile system, it's a D99 system, but you know, there's still 100 options. So zero, zero is actually also a critical success at the sort of lower end, so that's the best you can roll rather than zero, one. And 99 is worse. So like I said, with a 50% skill ability, uh, 55 would be a critical fail. Uh, 66, a 77, 88, and a 99, they'd all be critical fails as well. So it means there's actually quite a few opportunities for critical successes and fails, depending on where your skills lie. It's always a double roll. Um, and they do things that they add what they call stress to your character. And stress is something that you roll later on in the game um, if you're likely to have a panic. So when you roll fear rolls and sanity checks, if you fail those, you tend to gain a level of stress. And then certain things set off like a panic check and when you roll a panic check you roll um 2d10 so not d100 and then try and see whether you roll above or below your stress so if your stress gets higher your character is closer to breaking point and panic means you tend to panic and do sort of unpredictable things etc whereas your fear and sanity tend to be more sort of like minor effects around being scared and getting a bit of stress or you know having a bit of sanity where you might have like a minor upset um, so quite a good system. Like I said, it's very, very sim simple. There's not very many pages to the rule book, um, but it kind of gets the job done. So I can definitely recommend it. I'd really like to run a game myself. Um, we were hoping to do a one shot on Tuesday as it happened. We did the things that all parties do where you dithered around a lot, and wasted time talking to NPCs and, you know, debating what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And there myself and another character were quite keen at moving on. We were about halfway through, so we're probably going to play the finishing game next week. But it wasn't bad because we all had really good fun. I think we all really enjoyed it. So looking forward to finishing it off. So that's it for today. Like I said, that was quite a quick one. Um, if you have any questions or comments or any criticism or just shout my name and abuse and tell me off or anything, just give me a call in, in the show. So I'm on anchor at GM Shadow. Um, you can also contact me on Twitter at GM Shadow and you can email me at GM Shadow at hotmail.com because I like to keep everything the same just to not confuse people. So until next time, when I might be doing a review of something, I don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see what COVID brings my way. Um, I shall speak to you all and just keep on gaming.